Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This episode of the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Football Podcast is brought to you by Bet Online. If you're into sports betting, Bet Online is where you need to go today to win money. Whether it's live bets during the games or futures for who you think will win the championship, Bet Online has the latest odds, news, and information for all of your online sports betting needs. Visit the website today, betonline.ag, or use the mobile app device and join and receive your 50% off welcome bonus on your deposit. So before the next big game, head over to Bet Online and start playing today. Bet Online, your online sports book experts. What up, TZK Potters? Welcome back to the program. I'm your host, Scott Guasco. This is another episode of the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Football Podcast. This is episode 429. Got a very special guest on today, my man, Andrew Elmquist, making his TCK debut. He's also friends and family and a co-worker of the Kamish Fantasy Football crew as well. So we'll talk about that in just a second. Today we're breaking down another team preview package. We got the Vikings and the Packers. If you're watching on YouTube, you know I got my man Tay Adams right behind me. And I'm getting a throwback here. My man Robert Smith of the OG uh, Minnesota Vikings. I grew up in the 90s. I got some of the OGs as well. John Randall, Jake Reed, Chris Carter, pre-Randy Moss even. Randall Cunningham, of course, and some of the old Gs there in Minnesota. So we got Vikings and Packers talk today. If you haven't been chiming in on our team previews, we are almost finished up here. We're going to wrap up with the North here. Bobby has got the Bears and the Lions coming up with an OG TCK contributor coming up on the next episode, so stick around for that. And then we've got the Southern Divisions as well, AFC and NFC, and then we will be a wrap right before kickoff for you. If you're interested in getting a hold of any of our listener leagues, we kind of have a last call here. we got only a few steps left in the TCK listener leagues. We have three options for you. Episode 423 breaks all of those down. I'm not going to do it here. You can go back, listen to episode 423, but we have a listener league, which is a half PPR 12-team league in the rookie division. We also have a guillotine league, which is 16-team PPR guillotine league. The lowest score each week is eliminated for the league. The rest of their roster goes out in the waivers. Teams build and build and build until we have incredible rosters in the final four. And the last one is an NFL survivor pool pick them. So it's actually the NFL games. You pick a winner. If you pick the team and they win, you move on. If you pick a team and they lose, you lose a life. You lose three lives over the season, ball game, you are out. So it's basically just waiting till the very end there to pick your winners. So if you want to get involved with the TCK Listener Leagues, please do that. Without any further ado, let's bring in my man, Big supporter of the show, long time. We've been connecting here, Andrew, for I feel like weeks, months. Maybe maybe even tried to do this last year, and it's just been very, very busy, man. But we're so happy to have you on the TCK finally. Thank you for joining us, my man, Andrew Elmquist. What's up, brother? Great to have you on. Hey, yeah, man. Thanks thanks for having me. Uh, this is actually only my second ever podcast for fantasy, and my first one was on Monday with the guys at the commish. So. Super happy to just kind of be diving right in. This mic isn't even mine. Uh, just borrowing it from a buddy. So, yeah, just super grateful to be here and um, just looking forward to breaking down the pack and the Vikings with you. Well, I appreciate it, man. And I did listen to your episode with Chris and the Commish crew. And um, one thing that uh, the Commish crew and we 
like to do is give opportunities for those coming up in the space. I actually had the pleasure of bringing on Kelly Singh, who you know very well from the Commission crew. I brought her on for her first podcast um, coming on outside of the Commission realm as well. So happy to uh, kind of be a platform for both of you um, to spread your wings, if you will. And uh, very excited to kind of, uh, you know, branch out in your family tree a little bit. We're, uh, we're big time contributors and um, we're all about the connections and networking. So thank you for being a part of this, man. I know you know your stuff. I'm excited about this. We're breaking down the Packers and the Vikings, two of the prominent NFC North teams. Of course, the Bears are hit or miss and the Lions, unfortunately, just can't get it together over the well my entire lifetime. And, you know, I'm 35 years old. So unfortunately, that's an issue for Detroit fans. But, you know, the Packers dominant really, you know, since, you know, Brett Favre took over, frankly, 30 years ago. Um, and now Aaron Rodgers, of course, coming back. So they can kind of sigh a relief there. And the Vikings, I mean, the biggest issue was just defense got destroyed last year and they couldn't bounce back from that, right? They started just horrendously, but one down the stretch, but a little bit too little too late for Minnesota fans. So we're just going to break this down here, man. Let's start from the top and we'll start with the reigning MVP, Aaron Rodgers. Kick it off for you. I believe if those of you uh, chiming in on the YouTube side of things can check out the uh, the swag that my man Andrew was rocking tonight here with the Rodgers jersey. I love to see that. And of course, I got his BFF. You know, let's let's get into Aaron Rodgers here. Can he repeat as an MVP? What do you expect for fantasy football? And again, he and Tom Brady are kind of that upper echelon quarterback that doesn't run the ball. They don't have the rushing upside that these other guys do, but they're still ending in the top 10, maybe the top eight space. Ultimately, are you comfortable drafting Aaron Rodgers as your QB1? I'll let you take the floor here, man, with the reigning MVP. Yeah, thanks for that intro. Uh, first of all, I just got to say, thank thank goodness. You know, thank goodness we finally know our, you know, our long-awaited national nightmare is over. Rodgers <laughs> is back on the pack, man. You know, I've just – this whole offseason, all my friends were like, dude, he's leaving. And I said, no, there's no way our guy's leaving. Um, didn't necessarily love how he came back. Um, just with all the drama and whatnot, but I think, you know, I think that we are truly going to see another dominant season from Rodgers. I think, you know, I don't think it's, it's apt or it's great to predict an MVP of him again, just cause you know, repeating is obviously almost never been done before. Only a couple guys have done that. Um, but yeah, I, I don't really see a real reason to push him down too much this year. I mean, he was the QB overall three last year. And I have him back in the top five. I have I have him as my number four. We did some rankings as the commission earlier this year. And I was super comfortable putting him at four because even, you know, in a one QB league, if he's my number one quarterback, I'm going to be ecstatic. You know, he might not have the rushing upside like some of these other guys have. You know, your, your Lamar Jackson, your Jalen Hurts, Kyler, those guys. But he certainly has that ability to um, – just sling that rock. Uh, one of the biggest things that when I was prepping for this, I found that he led the league in over over ten categories. But one of the one of the things that I thought was really interesting was that his passer rating in play action was number one in the league. So his passer rating um, out of play action or in the play action format, I suppose, was one thirty one point eight, which is pretty impressive. Uh, I think that you know Rogers is just is just the dude. He's that guy. Um, whether or not this is the last dance, like him and Tay kind of put out on their Instagrams, this is a season for Rodgers, and this is kind of a season for us Packer fans, too, to just maybe remiss and say, you know, 
he's been here for what this will be his 17th year and you know it's been great to have him and it's been great to have a essence of winning um but yeah i don't know I, in terms of in terms of rogers and especially from a fantasy side man i i don't see much happening to him especially in a bad way yeah i absolutely agree aaron Rodgers has been very special for a very long time with him coming back finally you know, Devontae Adams managers and Aaron Jones and even Robert Tunyon uh, can kind of, you know, breathe that sigh of relief, as you mentioned. Um, absolutely dominant looking at a top six option. Once again, I mean, his finishes over the last couple of years, you know, dating back to 2014, he was first, seventh, first, 29th. Of course, he got hurt, sixth, tenth, and third in fantasy football. So Aaron Rodgers gives you a full season. He's up over, you know, 4,000 plus yards last year, 48 touchdowns is insane. You know, career average is probably closer to about 30, 35 or so. But even if he falls back down to that, he should be top 10 still. And he has a little bit of rushing upside last year, three rushing touchdowns. The yardage of course, isn't going to be there, but he did have the rushing touchdowns there though. So you can't go wrong with Aaron Rodgers. I totally agree. He's, he's bona fide. Obviously it really just comes down to with Aaron Rodgers, what you're, what you're asking yourself is not, do I want Aaron Rodgers on your team? Yes, obviously you do. What you're asking yourself is, do I want the type of running back or sorry, the type of quarterback that Aaron Rodgers is, or do I want one of these like high upside, you know, uh, rushing quarterbacks that bring me a, a, another level right now? Of course, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Kyler Murray, Lamar Jackson, Dak Prescott, Russell Wilson, and then Aaron Rodgers. I know you're a Packers fan. I know you got him higher than that. But I find myself often – I'm a Herbert fan, right? I live in Eugene. I watched Herbert grow up and play high school football here at Sheldon High School, of course, with the Ducks. Now I'm rooting for him down in San Diego – or Los Angeles, I should say. Um, but I find myself often, if I don't go with those big rushing upside quarterbacks, the first five or six, it's like Russell Wilson kind of hit or miss. Roger, or Herbert I love, but also hit or miss. They have a new head coach, all this stuff. Aaron Rodgers is just the the tried and true. You know what you're going to get, but and heaven forbid, if anything were to happen to that offense at all, what would actually go down? I love Amari Rodgers. We'll talk about him in a bit. But is this offense going to pick up? Aaron Jones, who we're going to get into, had 19 touchdowns just two years ago. Are they going to look back on the run, or are they just going to let Rodgers sling it in this last dance uh, metaphor? I love that. Hopefully that's the case. I'm all about having Aaron Rodgers on my fantasy team, of course. Okay, man, let's jump into the running back here then, and it's Aaron Jones. Again, Aaron Jones is actually absolutely ph phenomenal here. In PPR, he's finished top five in the last two years. He's been getting drafted in like the third round the last couple of years. That is over. Depending on your fantasy output and your fantasy settings, he's going in the back of the second round, even the top of the third round, depending on your settings here. Aaron Jones has been absolutely phenomenal. Doesn't get a ton of work like the workhorses do, but similar to Alvin Kamara, he's absolutely incredibly efficient. Of course, 16 rushing touchdowns just two years ago. How do you feel about Aaron Jones, and would you be comfortable, if not in the first round, would you be comfortable with him as your RB1 either way in the second? Yeah, Aaron Jones is a guy that, you know, when I was preparing for this episode, I was like, man, what a great time it is to be a, a Packer fan because and a fantasy football manager, you know, because I think that, you know, we have three guys that are top five at their position and and, you know, Devontae Rogers and Jones. And I think one thing that I love about Jones is that people are fading him this year. Um, and I don't necessarily know why. I don't think that we saw any sort of regression in his game last year to point to, oh, yeah, I'm going to fade him in favor of you know, 
insert player name here. Um, just quickly check in ADP. Is he? I'm seeing ninth on running backs. Is that what you have too for fantasy pros? Uh, yeah, I have got him. Let's see here. I've got him at number seven. Um, in let's see, PPR, he's going at number eight. So either way, seven, eight, nine. Okay. Yeah. So I mean, I like him. I like him more this year than guys like you know maybe Chubb or Zeke that are going ahead of him. Chubb specifically because he, um, Chubb doesn't have that receiving those receiving chops really at all. Um, and yeah, so if if I walk away with with Jones as my RB one, I will be more than happy. But man, if he's my RB two, I'm gonna be ecstatic. You know, if I get someone like I don't know Austin Eckler in the first, I think he's gonna have a big year, or Kamara or someone like that. And then I can get Jones. You know, I'm starting off with with guys with great, not only great talent and a great floor, but also who can get that receiving chops um, and have upside as well. Um, really love, like I said, really love Jones in the passing game. Um, 5.5 yards per attempt last year, 10th in targets for running backs. I don't know. What's not to love? Right now he's going as the uh, running back one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Running back eight right now in ADP, going ahead of Chubb, just behind Jonathan Taylor, ahead of Saquon Barkley currently. Of course, we don't know what's going on with him. And Austin Eckler right there behind him. Um, in the first round, though, he's the 11th pick overall. So it's going to be really interesting to see how he actually looks long-term. Because if I'm in the first round, I might be looking at Travis Kelsey, Devonte Adams could be looking at Tyreek Hill, even Stephon Diggs. If I'm in a full PPR league and I want that, if I'm in a three receiver league, I need an extra receiver. I might be looking at one of those guys over Jones. I love Aaron Jones. I would prefer if somehow he were my RB two. to be honest with you. I know what his numbers say. I know what his capabilities are. I just have a feeling that Aaron Rodgers, even coming off of his 48, you know, career high passing touchdowns and MVP and all this stuff. If they don't win the Super Bowl again, I think it's just his last thing to do is to win maybe back-to-back MVPs. And the way he's going to do that is to be throwing the ball you know, constantly. He had seven touchdown passes off the one-yard line last year. That's unheard of, right? That's taking away a lot of what Aaron Jones is able to do off the one-yard line. Two years ago, Aaron Jones had 16 rushing touchdowns, and Rodgers fell. So are we going to see like them equal out where they're both going to be excellent or – is one of them going to spike again? If one of them is going to spike, I put my money, of course, on Aaron Rodgers running the team. So I love Aaron Jones. He's not a first-round pick for me. Um, And if it's not full PPR, then Nick Chubb is definitely ahead of him, in my opinion. Um, Jonathan Taylor and Saquon Barkley are behind both those guys, though. I've got Jonathan Taylor at number 10 right now because we don't know what's happening with Quentin Nelson and and, uh, Carson Wentz. And then Saquon Barkley is my running back 12 because I'm just not going to deal with my headache. But uh, Aaron Jones is absolutely phenomenal, and, and if he were to blow up, nobody would be surprised. Right. Let's turn it over here, and let's talk about one of my favorite players in the entire NFL here, and that is Devontae Adams. Um, unless you, if, let's, let's pause. Would you like to get into anything about Corey Dillon here? Jamal Williams leaves – or Corey Dillon. A.J. Dillon. A.J. Dillon. Sorry, man. I'm, I'm way OG today. My bad. You're good. A.J. Dillon, would you like to bring anything else about A.J. Dillon here? Of course, last year, third string. He finally got some reps in that Titan game in the snow. Nice, ripped off a great run, kind of shades of Derrick Henry, if you will. Jamal Williams now, who I think is a great running back and way underrated in Detroit, um, is now gone. So he's that bona fide number two. Before we get to Devontae Adams, I hate to put the cart before the horse here. Would you like to mention anything about A.J. Dillon, possibly? Yeah, I mean, first of all, shout out to Josh McDonough. I know he's going to listen to this. He hates 
AJ Dillon with a burning passion. I will um, say to Josh's credit though, he's he's not liked him from the very beginning. Like he oh, yeah. he didn't like AJ Dillon before it was cool. You know what I mean? So like That's shout right. out to Josh <laughs> for having the conviction and sticking with it. But yeah, he and I have kind of gone at it uh over draft day when when um when he got drafted, we were doing previews, rookie previews last year, and uh he and I kind of went at it. But I, I like AJ Dillon, but he he doesn't and he's done it from the beginning. That's funny. Yeah, so just quick shout out to Josh. Love you, bro. But I wrote in my notes here, freaking love A.J. Dillon, man. I think that's one thing that the Packers didn't have, you know, when it was the Jamal Williams and Aaron Jones, is they don't have that that kind of bruiser, like Derrick Henry-esque back like you were talking about. And I think, and I'm hoping what we'll see is on the goal line, if they are at the one, let's give A.J. Dillon a try. You know, if it's if it's first and goal, we got, you know, one, two, three yards to go, give the, give the thick body a chance, you know. Um, I just love I love how big he is. You know, he's listed. I don't know if this is true. Listed at 247, uh, at least from what I saw. Maybe that was his college playing day. Um, but he's huge. And I think that that could be a good, really good compliment to Aaron Jones. Um, we have also seen some reports out of camp that Dylan has been catching some balls and he's looked good doing it. Um, and that was sort of the knock on him coming into the shows. So, Overall, I do like Dylan. Um, I'm probably not going to take him anywhere. Probably before the 10th, 11th round. You know, he's going to be a later round guy for sure. But if we can, you know, if you can, I think he's worth a risk there uh, for potential rewards. I agree. I think AJ Dylan has the potential to do a lot. But again, it's like if I'm a little bit concerned about Aaron Jones getting the work and A.J. Dillon potentially coming in on top of that with Aaron Rodgers. I'm not going to fade Aaron Jones per se because of A.J. Dillon, but I do think that Jamal Williams took away a lot of work and frustrated fantasy managers because we knew that Aaron Jones can do it all, but do the Packers actually want him to? You know, Matt LaFleur seems to want more of a a committee led by Jones, obviously, but um, a little bit concerned about that too. So, So, you know, I mean, Josh is right. A.J. Dillon's probably not a bell cow. He's certainly not Derrick Henry, so let's not get it confused. Um, but, but I do think that he is somebody that could come in in the fourth quarter, you know, the Packers build some pretty big leads. And if the Packers are up by three touchdowns in the fourth quarter, you know, why have Aaron Jones out there just, just running up the middle to kill clock, like have AJ Dillon do that. And you don't draft a player hoping for garbage time, but if you happen to have him on your roster, he's a decent handcuff and he might steal you a couple late round touchdowns that could you know, help you get over the hump over over the week. I do like him in best ball because you don't have to pick when that, you yeah. when you pick him. Yeah, so I, I think I'd be okay there, and we'll see what happens with Aaron Jones. Um, obviously with the extension and everything else there in Green Bay. Yeah, and I did have one more thing. I know you talked about the committee approach a little bit. There's one more guy in the Packers backfield, and his name is Kylan Hill. Um, and coming out of college, I actually really liked Kylan Hill. Um, I thought. He, you know, in 2019, he had uh, 1,350 yards and he was running like 5.6 yards a carry, which I really liked. And it sucks that he's on the Packers, honestly, because I think, you know, put him on a team like the Falcons, maybe, or someone who really doesn't have a, you know, they drafted JV and Hawkins. So what? Put Kylan Hill on that team, you know, alongside Mike Davis. And I think, I think he's maybe got a chance. Um, and he's definitely, if you got a deep, a deep bench in a dynasty league or something, maybe keeping him in your taxi squad for a couple of years as a flyer or something like that. But 
I, I don't know if you know if or if you've talked much about Kylan Hill, but that's kind of my thoughts on him as well, just to round out the backfield. We haven't talked about Kylan Hill in, in months. You know, we did all of our rookie previews and things. So we talked about him quite a bit in April uh, and May. We haven't haven't done it recently, but um, you know, I do know uh, you know, the the one person who I will give a shout out here to, Tyler Moss. Uh, been on the show quite a few times, uh, mutual friend of the TCK. He uh, from the off the bat in 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 before he got drafted, he was with Kylan Hill. Bummed that he went to the Packers because he's buried just like you, but really yeah. believes in the talent. So again, another deep dynasty stash. Probably not going to be uh, useful anytime soon, but definitely a name mm-hmm. to keep an eye on. Okay, we've buried the lead long enough, man. Let's talk about our boy. Devontae Adams. Devontae Adams is is one of my top three players in the league, um, and I just love the way he plays. I watched a video clip of him doing an instructional on his route running one time, and when you watch him closely, you notice that he doesn't use his hands to get off the line with cornerbacks and press coverage. A lot of wide receivers are taught to kind of fight the hands away, get past a move, a swim move or whatever. He's all feet. He's all feet. So – his feet are so good. Adam Thielen's the same. He's all feet, so he can get open off the line of scrimmage. So you're looking, I mean, you know, the run press coverage off the three-yard line for the Packers, and Aaron Rodgers throws, you know, a little out route or something to Devontae Adams. He's open by like four yards. You're like, how the hell is that possible? He beats people off the line of scrimmage, and that's just a very special quality here. Adams is coming off the highest fantasy points per game average since Jerry Rice in 1987. 23 fantasy points per game in 12 games, right? Yeah. So he would have been even more dominant the way that he was. Devontae Adams is my man. Give it to me. Yeah, I, you know, it's, he's kind of one of those guys that's hard not to love, you know, from his, his swag, from the way that he presents himself. And, you know, as a player, um, one of the plays that I was thinking about from last year is, I can't remember what game it was, but he he ran you know he did a little uh, I don't know I guess a little slant looking route I think they're on the three or four yard line cuts across the entire end zone um, and do you remember what I'm talking about makes not particularly time. but sounds like him anyway great play and I think that was just kind of a reminder like you were saying about his separation just that ability to not use those hands when getting rid um, getting away from cornerbacks and guys at the line is that He's just so he's so elusive. And I think that sometimes, you know, in fantasy, we can get this idea of, okay, this guy was so good last year. I'm going to move on to the shiny new toy, you know, whether that's AJ Brown, Kelvin Ridley, whoever. And I think we've seen over the past couple of years, we just got to keep going back to the well until Devante proves otherwise. Um, And like you said, last year only played, um, he didn't play a full season, still had over 1300 yards. 11.9 11.9 yards for reception uh, and a 77% catch rate, which I thought was really interesting. Um, really just getting it done. Uh, like you said, 18 touchdowns. Man, if you had a full season, we get a sound break the touchdown record, which, wow, I don't know what would happen then. But yeah, I don't know. I just, I love Devante and I don't see him regressing at all um, for sure this season. And, you know, depending on his QB, could be good for the next three or four years. So, now you're a Packers fan, so I know the answer. But is there any case you could make for Tyree Kill over Devonte Adams? Oh yeah, yeah for sure. Um, I mean, I don't, I don't have it ranked that way currently. I think, yeah, Tyreek is my number two. Uh, so, 
But in I think they're in a similar tier, to be honest with you. I mean, Tyreek is just such a burner down the field. Um, can break open for those, you know, 200, 250-yard games, couple touchdowns. Um, but yeah, I mean, if someone, you know, if people have Tyreek Hill 1, Devontae 2, I don't, you know, I don't really care. I'm not going to draft it that way because Tay is my boy. But if, you know, if someone takes Devontae, I'll take, I'll gladly take Hill and be okay with it. The volume that Devontae Adams gets is just, in, it's absolutely impressive. Uh, the last five years since 2016, 121 targets, 117, 169, 127, and 149. Last year, he's got over 111 receptions in two of the last three years. He's got over 1,300 yards in two of the last three years. And last year he had five – or two years ago, excuse me, he had five touchdowns. Other than that, he has 12, 10, 13, and 18 touchdowns since he became a prominent wide receiver. Remember, Devontae Adams – Devontae Adams was almost like a laughingstock, quote-unquote, bust when he came in as a rookie, right? His rookie numbers, I mean – you know, 38 catches, 450 yards, 50 catches, 480 yards, four total touchdowns when he was the number two or number three, really, with Jordy Nelson and, and Randall Cobb. He took yeah. over 2016. Jordy leaves eventually, and he takes over, and he's he's just the most dominant wide receiver in all aspects of the game. What he doesn't have is the Tyreek Hill speed, but he's got everything else, and he wins on the line of scrimmage, which is important. He's easily my wide receiver one uh, right now he was last year, and uh, I am totally okay with people picking him sixth overall in a PPR league. Absolutely, um, I'll take the big running backs: um, CMC, Cook, Kamara, Zeke, and Derrick Henry. After that, um, I am I personally am totally okay with Devonte Adams number six. Um, and if Kelsey goes or something like that, then Tay in, in the, the middle of the first round is absolutely good for me. You're drafting in a ceiling, but the ceiling is generally what we get. No surprises there with Devonte Adams. Let's talk about the other wide receiver here, and it's their rookie coming out of Clemson, right? A lot of talk about that Clemson team, obviously, you know, a couple championships and getting to the national championship pretty much perennially. Trevor Lawrence, yada, yada, yada. Amari Rogers yeah. is a big part of that, and he lands with the Packers. Now, we know that Aaron Rodgers, since he had Jordy Nelson and Devontae Adams, there hasn't been a prominent number two in Green Bay, but I think it's the narrative, I think, is miscued. I think it's less about the fact that they haven't had a number two and the fact that they can't stay healthy. Right. Right. I mean, for, for, for it was Geronimo Allison and then it's Alan Lazard and it's MVS and it's, you know, who Devin Funches was supposed to be a guy. He got hurt preseason last year. They haven't had an option to give a number two. They're bringing Randall Cobb for goodness sake this year to just be another reliable asset for Aaron Rodgers to take some heat off of Devonte Adams. Hopefully this kid, Amari Rodgers, who I like a lot. I love Clemson receivers, by the way. Their their pedigree for Clemson receivers is insane um, over the years. But Amari Rodgers coming in is real hot. He's a great uh, rookie stash in rookie dynasty leagues. I wouldn't expect a huge year yet, but if Devontae Adams isn't franchise tag next year and he leaves, it could be Amari Rodgers stepping up in year two here for Green Bay, whether it's Jordan Love or somebody else. But how do you feel about the rookie here, Amari Rodgers? Yeah, you know, I – so I was super stoked um, draft day, you know, and I was, I was super stoked about Amari Rogers until, oh, I don't know, a week and a half ago when we signed Randall Cobb. Because, um, I don't know, I, th I thought that there was a pretty clear role for him to be that wide receiver too this year. Um, probably the third or fourth target. If Assuming, you know, Cobb's not there, probably a third or fourth target after Tay Jones, Tunyon, if we're counting him too. Um, 
but yeah, I I love uh, I love Amari. I think that he played super well his senior year. You know, a thousand twenty yards is it's pretty good. Seven touchdowns with T Law. Um, definitely spreading. Trevor was definitely spreading the wealth there. Um, like you said, definitely not a guy that I'm going after this year. But I mean, I got a dynasty rookie draft coming up in a couple weeks, and I'm super stoked to hopefully get him i'm not going to say which round in case my league mates listen to this but <laughs> nice smart man they probably won't but yeah would love would love to get him anywhere i can um his 40 time from what i could find is about four four point four four or so yeah dude's so, a burner dude's a burner he's a quick guy um which i think you know would be a great compliment to uh, tay especially considering tay's not the quickest dude in the league um yeah, I love Amari. One thing to note about him, uh, I'm pretty sure most people know this, but Amari's Rogers' dad was actually Randall Cobb's coach at Kentucky, um, which is, I don't know, it's just kind of fun because now Cobb's there, and I think this is going to be a good developmental year for Rogers, um, or Amari Rogers of of anything. And, uh, yeah, I'm just excited to see what he'll, what his outlook will be in 2022 and beyond for sure. That is a great be beyond fantasy uh nugget there um just the relation the already the already established relationship with amari rogers and randall cobb of course i'm sure amari rogers looked up to randall cobb going to practices as a kid now they're teammates and let's make no mistake about it right randall cobb was absolutely phenomenal for the packers for a number of years before he left obviously yeah but let's not think that randall cobb is coming back a to be anywhere close to where randall cobb used to be and b he's not the number two he might be number two in targets and everything else because it's Aaron Rodgers feeding him. But as far as the lineup is set, it's it's Devontae Adams deep on one side, and it's going to be Amari Rodgers on the other side also running deep and running those MVS, Geronimo Allison, you know, um, routes that they want. Alan Lazard has been very successful when healthy, but they can't stay healthy. If Amari Rodgers can get into that number three role and he is constantly on the field as another look there, look, all he's got to do is, is make a, a catch or two. Right, there was a big stink over the offseason because Aaron Rodgers was upset that the Packers let go of Jake Kumaro. Nobody knows who Jake Kumaro is, but Rodgers liked him. Okay, yeah. so if Amari Rodgers can make a couple of good plays here and prove himself, he knows the playbook. He's got a couple of good grabs. I I would not be surprised if they start feeding him. It's going to be Tay. It's going to be um, Randall Cobb, and of course Robert Tunyon, who we'll get into here in just a second. But I like Amari Rodgers to stash. Although I don't think we're going to get Amari Rodgers in his prime with Aaron Rodgers. It's going to be somebody else. Nonetheless, I think the talent wins out. I always bet on Clemson receivers, and he is another great one in the mix there. Let's go finally here. And again, we talked about Robert or um, Randall Cobb as well. I, I wouldn't draft him in redraft leagues unless you have a very, very deep bench. But keep an eye on him in waiver wires. Come week three, if he's getting nine, ten targets a game because it's Rodgers, go ahead and pick him up and stash him as a deep flex. Let's go to Robert Tunyon here. Last year, Frankly, comes out of nowhere. Everybody was talking about Jay Sternberger. It ends up being Robert Tunyon. Nobody drafted him. He's got 59 targets, 52 receptions. He only had two incomplete or seven incompletions, which is just completely unsustainable. 586 yards, 11 touchdowns finished as the PPR tight end four. His efficiency was insane. He caught a, he caught a touchdown on every seven passes. That's not going to happen again. Um, no. I do like him as the option here because when Aaron Rodgers has had a reliable tight end, he uses them enough, but we know it's going to be Devontae Adams. We know it's going to be Aaron Jones and probably Randall Cobb, frankly. Um, yeah. So Robert Tunyon for me is right now, he's my tight end uh, 10, 9, 10. Um, if he falls in the top five again, would I be surprised? Absolutely not because the volume's going to be there. The touchdowns will be there. 
but is he somebody that I'm excited to draft if I miss the top six? I'll pass. Yeah, that's that's pretty that's almost exactly in line with where I'm at. Um I had him, I believe, not yeah, nine as well. So we're thinking the same there. Um the thing about the thing about Tunyon that I think was cool is that it reminded me of the 2011 2012 days with your Michael Finley. Ooh, um, nice that, name. <laughs> loved your Michael Finley, man. And you know, in, in 2011, Finley had 92 targets, uh, and he had 80, 87 targets in 2012, eight touchdowns in 2011. That was kind of where Finley made his name. Um, but what I think what's notable about uh, sort of the Finley and Tunyon connection I'm making here is the fact that Rogers found a guy that he, you know, can connect with. He found Big Bob, as they call him on the team. Um, gosh, I love Big Bob. Um, Really good guy. I don't know if are you familiar or are you a fan of Pat McAfee's show at all? Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Watch him all the time. And Tunyon was on there and he's just I don't know. He's one of those guys that's super fun. Great guy in the locker room. And I think Rogers really trusts him, which is gonna be good for his fantasy outlook. Um I like you said, you know, I think everyone in the fantasy community talks about the posi- positional advantage that having the top three guys. Um, at tight end is but if I you know if I punt in that position if I'm not going to take a tight end till the sixth seventh eighth if Tunyon's my tight end one I'm gonna I'm gonna be pretty happy about it I like that and that's fair again I think you just need to temper expectations do not expect another season of 13 or 11 touchdowns from Robert Tunyon but with the volume in Aaron Rodgers anything can happen all right that's a wrap on the Packers I appreciate that thank you Andrew we're gonna just take a quick commercial break I'm gonna Pay some bills here. I'm going to throw out a couple of sponsors. Andrew, why don't you go ahead and take yourself a water break here. I'll uh, boot you off quickly. Just pay a couple bills, and then we'll bring you back on, and I am going to get into the Minnesota football Vikings. We'll be back in just a couple of minutes here with Andrew Elmquist, my good man, coming on. You can find him on Twitter, Andrew Elmquist1, also a part, of course, of the extended Kamish Fantasy Football Podcast family. All right, y'all, let's get into a couple of our sponsors here. I'm going to start with Draft with Red Zone. It is that time of year once again that we are getting together for live drafts. Where I live, things are still pretretty quarantined down. But if you're in the South, if you're in you know parts of the Midwest, the East Coast, things are opening up and you can have your live drafts again. So make sure you go to draftwithredzone.com. Use the promo code TCK for 10% off. If you're watching on YouTube, I'm going to show you the package in which you get. You get the draft board. Three by five draft board. You get all of the player names and tags. You get a $50 championship ring that they will engrave your league name and the league year and your team name on it for you at the end of the season. You have some smack talk cards. You have some fun uh, putty that you can put up onto the wall so you don't have to rip duct tape off of your wall there. So check out draftwithredzone.com. Use a promo code TCK for 10% off of your Red Zone draft board. Next up, of course, you know I got to give a shout out to my friends at the Jersey Jungle. DM them on Instagram at the Jersey Jungle. Use the promo code TCK to receive 10% off of one or two jerseys, 15% off of three or more jerseys. I have some in the mail on its way. I will reveal those as soon as I get them as a kickoff present to myself for our busy summer. Right behind me, you can see the Devontae Adams, the Robert Smith. We got Aaron Rodgers represented as well. If you're feeling any of the Packers or the Vikings, make sure you go to Jersey Jungle. These are $60 jerseys at cost. You get 10% off of that as well. So for about $54, you get a 
game like a game authentic jersey they're stitch and twill high quality gonna hold up in the washing machine you can rep it on game days check out any sport basketball football baseball hockey soccer as well they got home and away they got customs check out the jersey jungle at the jersey jungle on instagram use the promo code tck for 10 to 15 percent off and finally i'm going to give a shout out to a new sponsor this is expand the box court bobby has been repping expand the box score for quite a while because he writes for expand the box score. We have just got a new sponsorship from expand the box score for our listeners throughout the month of August. Listen to this. We use the promo code TCK on expand the And you get basically everything that PFF gives you as well for 20 bucks, $20, not 50, not 80, not a hundred dollars for some of these other websites, $20, you get expand the box scores, analytical da- data, NFL advanced statistics. A lot of you are curious where Bobby and I get a lot of our numbers. Expand the box score is a resource that we use. $20. They also are giving away free four-day trial. So you can go on there, use it for four days with the promo code TCK. If you hate it, stop using it. If you love it, which you will, it's 20 bucks. It'll take you down to the rest of your uh, drafts here through the rest of your season and you can start being analytically dominant as Bobby and I are as well. So go to expandtheboxscore.com and at checkout, make sure you use the promo code TCK for $5 off. You get it for 20 bucks and you get a free four day referral and a trial. I know when you try it, you will enjoy it. So once again, shout out to our new sponsor, expand the box score. Okay. Let's see. Once again, bring on my man, Andrew Elmquist back onto the program here. He just broke down the Green Bay Packers and clearly a Green Bay fan, which is always fun. And that's what we've been doing on these series is here. Now it is my turn to turn it over to the bitter rivals, the Minnesota Vikings. Now, again, as I mentioned at the top of the program here, the Vikings have been a very good football team and they can beat anybody any given Sunday, but they can't string together the wins. And a lot of that has to do with Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins is a good NFL quarterback. He has some great NFL games. Every season, he seems to have two games where he goes for 400 yards and four touchdowns, but then he might have a game the next week where he goes for 250 and one with three picks. We can't have that, right? We'll start with Kirk Cousins. Of course, we got Dalvin Cook, Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, and Irv Smith as well to cover. We'll start with Kirk Cousins here. Kirk Cousins has now finished, surprisingly, The last three seasons, he's finished as a QB 18 or better in fantasy football. I know a QB 18 is not incredible. That's not what you're looking to draft, but he is a safe quarterback. If you punt quarterback and you look for a late QB, Kirk Cousins is a great option. uh, Super flex or double quarterback, two quarterback leagues, Kirk Cousins is an excellent second option. And frankly, the way people draft him, he's probably a third option in those leagues. He's got great you know, weak winning upside on a big game, right? Justin Jefferson and Thielen go off. Dalvin Cook takes a 70-yard screen to the house. Kirk Cousins gets those points as well. He's a safe quarterback. He's going as the QB 16. I've got him at QB 15, so I'm going to give him a bump there. Through Cousins' first six games of the season in 2020, this is where it gets dicey. He's usually a slow starter over the last couple of years. First six games of 2020 last year, 11 touchdowns, 10 interceptions, 245 passing yards per game. However, over the final 10 games of the season, 
24 touchdowns, only three picks, 279 passing yards per game, and Dalvin Cook was still getting his. We know the offense runs through Dalvin Cook, but Kirk Cousins still very efficient. He was able to calm down. Kevin Stefanski leaves and goes to Cleveland. He gets a new offensive coordinator. We're sticking with A. Kubiak. Gary Kubiak's son is sticking with them in Minnesota. I like Kirk Cousins. He's a safe quarterback. He's not going to win you weeks, but he's not going to lose you weeks earlier. In fantasy football, you need fantasy points. Kirk Cousins is good for 20 to 25 on a week. He's got a couple 40-point spikes in him as well. How do you feel about Kirk Cousins, Andrew? Are you, you know, I know nobody's excited to draft him, but if you don't get a top end quarterback, would you be willing to settle for Kirk Cousins late in your draft? Yeah, you know, Kirk, uh, similar to you, Kirk Cousins is my QB 14 this year. Um, so nice. Ranked. So you and I are both ahead of ECR. Yeah, yeah. And I think, I think the reason why is that um, the reason why I'm ahead of maybe ECR and you and I. You know, Kirk Cousins isn't a sexy name, you know, kind of similar, not not Aaron Rodgers-esque in this way, but like he doesn't run the ball, you know, he's not a mobile threat. Um, and I think that his upside is definitely capped at that, um, certainly as those 40, 30, or 30, 40 week spikes, but definitely, um, definitely drafting Kirk for that safe floor. Um, if I'm in a two QB league, um, super flex or otherwise, I'd love to have Kirk as my QB two. Um, that really safe floor drafting someone with the higher upside is my QB one. Um, but yeah, I, I like him this year. Um, I think that he's got some great weapons. Definitely. They stayed the same since last year. And I think that that's going to, um, stay good. The only thing that I'll mention, um, this is pretty big in my circles, at least, you know, being living in Minnesota, being a Packer fan, surrounded by Vikings fans. Um, we're always talking about the fact that Kirk is not good in the big games. Yeah. Um, oh, and nine in those primetime games and against um against you know winning opponents his winning percentage is less than uh 25 percent so right. i guess just that from a fantasy standpoint you know if you're looking for those bigger games um maybe maybe keep him on the bench that week and that's a difference maker when you're having to play aaron Rodgers twice a year at least right and we'll see what happens with the bears as well because the bears can turn it around if um andy dalton can get it together or they turn to justin fields as well kirk cousins over the last six years his, you know, the first three years, 2015, 16, and 17, he was the quarterback eight, five, and six in fantasy football. Very impressive. He ran for five touchdowns, four touchdowns, and four touchdowns in 2015, 16, and 17. You don't think of Kirk Cousins as a rusher, but he was scoring rushing touchdowns. Some of that was in Washington, and then he comes over to Minnesota. Over the last three years, though, his rushing touchdowns and his rushing ability has just plummeted, right? One single touchdown in each of the last three years. He's finished as quarterback 13, 18, and 11 last year. He's getting more rushing yards, though. He's The rushing yards are there, but he doesn't have to run it in the red zone with Dalvin Cook, obviously. I will say, though, that his quarterback completion percentage has gone up the last three years. 70%, 69%, 68% the last three years. So Kirk Cousins as a quarterback has matured tremendously. He just hasn't run the ball as much, and we know in fantasy football, rushing is a cheat code. So having four extra rushing touchdowns his first three years spiked his ability. He finished eight, five, and six. If he had three or four rushing touchdowns the last couple of seasons, he probably would have still been a top-10 quarterback, but he didn't have it. So the ability is there for Kirk Cousins. He just doesn't have to rush it, obviously with Dalvin Cook. Okay, enough Kirk Cousins. Let's go to Dalvin Cook, the focal point of this offense. He is, across the board, the number two. 
if somebody wants to make a case about him over Christian McCaffrey, go for it. But Christian McCaffrey on a bad day has 27 fantasy points per game. He's averaging like 30 last year when he was healthy. It's CMC at number one for me in all formats. But number two in all formats easily is Dalvin Cook. He finished number five and number three over the last two seasons, only playing 14 games in each of those last two seasons. Of course, as a rookie in 2007, he only played four games, only played 11 the second year. After that, though, he's missed two games the last two years, but he's been dominant. 250 carries, 300 touches two years ago, and then he had 350 touches last year. He has over 1,600 uh, total yards two years ago and over 1,800 total yards last year, 13 touchdowns in 19, 17 touchdowns in 2018, finishing five and third, as I mentioned. Not much to talk about here with Dalvin Cook. I do like the opening schedule for the Vikings here. This helps Kirk Cousins, also Dalvin Cook, at Cincinnati, at Arizona, Seattle, Cleveland, and Detroit at home, and at Carolina before their bye week. All of those are winnable games. Kirk Cousins could go nuts on the passing game. Dalvin Cook could go nuts in the rushing game as well. Those are all plus matchups. There's not much to say about Dalvin Cook that not everybody knows already. Dalvin Cook's easily my number two overall pick in all formats in fantasy football, except for super flex. I'll probably put Mahomes at number two, but Dalvin Cook is number three at that point for me. Yeah, man, I I love Cook. Um, I initially did in my ranks, I did put Henry ahead of him. Um, and I know, you know, for you, obviously you're super, I sort of, sort of staunch believer in him at number two. And I, I don't have any problems with that. Um, I was in a mock the other day and he actually went number one. So certainly yeah. no qualms with that cooks a beast. Um, the one thing that I was looking at though, is that he was 19th in running back targets last year overall. Um, so not, you know, not the biggest pass catcher. Um, but I mean, he did so at a, you know, a rate of 8.2 yards per reception. So while he maybe wasn't targeted as much as some of the other guys that, um, you know, you've covered so far this year, um, he's doing it at a highly efficient rate. And so I think on the ground in the air, um, yeah, Dalvin cooks the man. And I don't think we need to go too much more into it because everyone knows. Dom dominant rushing, uh, in the red zone as well. All right, let's move on to Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen. Justin Jefferson takes the league by storm last year, wide receiver seven in ECR. I've got him at number 10, 70% catch rate last year on 125 targets with five fifteen point nine yards per reception. All of those probably are going to regress to the mean 125 targets. He could have again, but 70% catch rate is phenomenal. 16 yards per reception is probably going to come down a little bit. Yeah. He had 1,400 receiving yards, which again is the best all time by a rookie uh, wide receiver. Seven touchdowns. That could actually go up. I expect his yards to come down to maybe like 1,200, 1,300, and his touchdowns to go up to probably 10 ish. So that's probably going to even himself out there. Um, one thing I, I just want people to un- look, he's phenomenal. And if you want to draft, Justin Jefferson is your wide receiver one. I have no problems with that. I'd be thrilled to get him as my wide receiver two somehow. And again, I already mentioned the schedule, Cincinnati, Arizona, Seattle, Cleveland, Detroit, Carolina. The only defense in those six games I'm remotely nervous about is Cleveland. Everybody else wheels up. Justin Jefferson did have an awkward fall a couple days ago at practice. He had a sprained AC joint in his shoulder It's not a lower body thing for a wide receiver. I'm not super worried about it per se, but it's something I want to mention. 
because if he has any ailment with that and it slows down his radius of catching, or if he goes up for another pass and lands on it awkwardly again, he could have some um, lasting effects from that. Justin Jefferson's been absolutely dominant. Again, if you you know, are getting him in the back of the second round, he falls to the third round, um, and you're able to – let's say you start CMC. Now, you probably won't go Dalvin Cook and Justin Jefferson, but let's say you go CMC or maybe a Derrick Henry. And then in the back of the second round or even the third round, if you get that turn right there, you can get maybe like a Darren Waller if you want to go tight end or even an A.J. Brown, and then you end up getting Justin Jefferson. That's just cheat code fantasy football right there. So love having Justin Jefferson there. I personally have him at number 10, so I have him a little bit lower than consensus because I want D.K. Metcalf. I want A.J. Brown. I want Calvin Ridley. Um, I want probably even Keenan Allen um, just because I'm going to get into Adam Thielen in a second, but I think Adam Thielen – bounces back healthy and he and Justin Jefferson even out a little bit but before I get into feeling your thoughts on Je- Justin Jefferson yeah so um actually have Jefferson is my wide receiver five Whew. Uh, tell me why and, and yeah so those those are some ranks that I did a couple weeks ago and I will say that I'm actually moving I think I'm going to be moving him back here a little bit but I mean yeah I love I don't know I mean it's it's hard to go against a guy like Jefferson honestly in terms of rookie running backs might might like cd better than him this year um at least at a similar clip but we're not talking about the cowboys we're talking about the vikings um and i think i think as a um just an overall receiver you know i loved loved what i saw from jefferson last year i think it's clear that the vikings have confidence in him and it's clear that him and kirk have established a connection um heck i mean he even taught kirk how to do the gritty you know and i I just thought that was phenomenal phenomenal um and yeah I just, I just think that jefferson is is a great great young town i think he's really really good for the league i think the league um, sort of needed a guy like this to jump start especially the vikings i think with Thielen, which we'll talk about in a second here probably on his way out soon i think you know what better guy to take his place than young justin jefferson um the only thing i'll say about jefferson in terms of I guess drafting him is <laughs> I did a dynasty startup a few weeks ago and somehow I have Jefferson, AJ Brown and Ridley all on my starting lineup. Um, don't know how it happened, but pretty stoked to be there. And so I encourage all the listeners, if you can get all three of those guys on your team, hats off to you. Talk about zero RB. That's how you do it, man. Nice job. I have Justin Jefferson right now at number 10. I've got Keenan Allen, Allen Robinson, AJ Brown, DK Metcalf, and the big five up above him. Below him, I've got his teammate. I've got Adam Thielen at number 17. ECR has him at number 19, I believe. Number 22, excuse me, in PPR. So I'm about five spots higher on Adam Thielen. And here's the deal with Adam Thielen. He was hurt for a chunk of last season. Um, he should have had five and a half receiving touchdowns according to his basically 925 receiving yards. So the averages of what that actually means, he finished with 14 receiving touchdowns. Obviously that's probably going to regress, but 13 of those happened in the red zone. He was incredibly efficient in the red zone. He caught eight touchdowns on only 12 red zone targets. This tells me a number of things. First of all, we talked about Devontae Adams earlier. I'm on his feet and his footwork, and I mentioned Adam Thielen then. Adam Thielen's footwork and getting open is top-notch in the entire NFL. So when you're going in a two-yard window 
on the goal line and a cornerback has to catch up with Adam Thielen, it's not going to happen. In that amount of space, all you need is about a half a yard for a good on-point throw from Kirk Cousins. He's going to be open every single time. Adam Thielen lives in the red zone if it's not Dalvin Cook. I expect Justin Jefferson to thrive and dominate in between the 20s. But even as good as Justin Jefferson was last year, Adam Thielen is the red zone receiver. Dalvin Cook is the red zone rusher. That's what Kirk Cousins is going to want. So I think that the numbers even out for these guys, I'm going to take Justin Jefferson down a couple of ticks. I'm going to move Adam Thielen up a couple of ticks. And I think these guys level each other out just a little bit. I have loved Adam Thielen over the last couple of years. He and Stephon Diggs routinely finished both as wide receiver ones or top 15. And he's going to be just fine, I think, moving forward. Last year, missed a game. Two years ago, he missed six games. But he still almost had 1,000 yards with 925 14 receiving touchdowns. Again, that's going to regress. But Adam Thielen played banged up most of the year last year, and he was still wide receiver 10 with Justin Jefferson finishing in the top six as well. So I love Adam Thielen. I think he's getting slept on big time. He's not a sleeper because he's going in the top five rounds, but he is somebody I would love to have as my wide receiver three. If you have two stud running backs or a tight end or somebody like that, and you get Adam Thielen as your wide receiver three, phenomenal i think he's got another year or two no problem even if justin jefferson becomes the ridley or the cd lamb and takes over the number one role that doesn't mean adam thielen's going to be out to pasture he's still very dominant if healthy and uh, i will take the value on adam thielen all day long yeah i think i think thielen's at a great value right now um and if you can get him in the fifth sixth round do it by all means necessary do it um, I'll say this. I'm I'm a little bit lower on Adam Thielen than you are. Actually, quite a bit. I have him as my wide receiver 25. Um, just beyond. Yikes. Yikes. Yeah. yeah. And, well, and, you know, that there's a couple things that go into that. There's a couple guys that I'm ridiculously high on this year, I think. Like Ch- Claypool, Chark. Uh, I think Brandon Ayuk's going to have a really good year. So all those guys I have just a little bit ahead of him um, because of – a myriad of reasons, right? Uh, don't need to get into those, otherwise we'd be here for another hour. But I think that Thielen is, you know, like you said, he did score 14 touchdowns last year. He is with Kirk, and we do know what that looks like when we have Jefferson and Thielen on the field. And it is good for both of them, no doubt about that. Um, but for me, for whatever reason, I think that because I... Maybe it's just because I'm a no-good, dirty, rotten Packers fan and want the worst <laughs> of the world for these Vikings receivers. Um, no, I mean, Thielen's a great guy, you know, off on and off the field. He's he's a true, truly great man. Um, but I guess, yeah, I guess I'm just fading him a bit this year. But like I said, you know, fifth, sixth round, maybe even seventh round if he's still there. I'm taking him. I'm in a lot of leagues with Vikings fans, so it's probably, it's probably not going to be there at that point. Um but yeah, I guess that's what I stand with Adam Thielen. I like Adam Thielen a lot. I also love Justin Jefferson, but I will take the val- uh, the value on Adam Thielen currently. Okay, finally, let's go into Irv Smith Jr. So a lot of hype in the fantasy circles for Irv Smith. I love the talent. I don't like the situation, and I think that I am somebody who is um, probably – I would say that I'm somebody that is lower on Irv Smith than probably most other people – in the fantasy football space. I've got him at 17. ECR has him at 13. He's going even earlier than that in certain leagues because of the young hype, Kyle Rudolph leaving. Let's just call a spade a spade. Kyle Rudolph leaving Minnesota doesn't open up a ton of opportunity. Yes, it moves Irv Smith to the number one tight end, but 
you know, um, Krokov last year played very well, and they split work down the down the uh, stretch here. I'm not excited about the 40 targets that Kyle Rudolph is vacating. That is not a number that jumps off the page to me. Like um, Jonu Smith leaving, you know, Tennessee. Yes, that's good for for Ferkser, but he's still buried on the depth chart. I like Ferkser, but I'm just worried about it. Also, Irv Smith. Yes, he's had flashes, five touchdowns last year. But no more than you know, forty-seven targets so far in two years. Sure, if that balloons to seventy targets, yes, that's obviously much more opportunity. He could have fifty-plus catches. Hopefully, that gives him five to six hundred yards and maybe five to seven touchdowns. Those basic numbers probably puts him as a top twelve tight end. But am I drafting a guy that like might be a top twelve tight end? No, I want guys later there like Gerald Everett, Adam Troutman, even Anthony Ferkser. I want guys that I know that have a huge upside. I don't see it in, with Irv Smith. Yes, the talent is there, but I don't see the opportunity. The problem is he's maybe the fifth option on his own team, right? Probably the fourth realistically, but we'll see what happens. Like you have Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, of course, and then you have Dalvin Cook, obviously, right? Mm-hmm. So you have – he's a number four at best on his on his own team. That makes me nervous. Now, a lot of tight ends are, but I don't see the passing game upside – to bring the volume also that Minnesota is going to need to feed Irv Smith. Yes. Does he have the talent to break big plays and be a red zone threat? Sure. But we just talked about how dominant Adam Thielen is in the red zone. Why would you throw to Irv Smith? We talked about how dominant Dalvin cook is in the red zone. Why would you throw to Irv Smith? Right. There might be a second read or a blown coverage and he catches a couple touchdowns. Sure. But Justin Jefferson is going to be in between the twenties. The offense runs through Dalvin cook. It runs through Adam Thielen in the red zone. You're going to have, Dalvin Cook and then a play action, look at Adam Thielen, then maybe Irv Smith on the back end if he gets by Justin Jefferson. Again, I don't hate the player. I don't like the situation. Irv Smith is not somebody I'm drafting anywhere. If he's on your sleeper list because you want to call your shot, fine. If you call it a breakout, fine. It might actually happen. I don't see him being a Logan Thomas, Mark Andrews, TJ Hawkinson from the last couple of years. Could he blow up in the future? Absolutely. I don't see Kyle Rudolph vacating enough to make Irv Smith worth my time in fantasy football. I'm going to just pass on him. Yeah, I Scott, I think you and I are very have had very similar takes tonight, except for the Vikings wide receivers. Um, Irv Smith, my tight end, 16. You know, very similar there. Not really buying into the hype. I'll I'll say this though. I was looking into some statistics of when Kyle Rudolph wasn't on the field because it was weeks 14 through 17 very unbelievably small sample size where it was just Irv Smith basically um and what I found was in that time he actually was the number four tight end in terms of points per game um and like I said well it's a super small sample size you know 12.8 points a game um if we look at that at a full season you know last year that would have been good enough for tight end five on a on a points per game scale um, and so while I'm, well, I'm not saying that I think Irv Smith is going to be a top five tight end this year. Um, definitely not saying that. What I am saying is that I am curious to see what it is like with no Kyle Rudolph. Uh, I don't think Conklin is anything special, um, on that team. And so in terms of tight end targets, I think he's going to get the lion's share, if not all of them. Um, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if he was a top 10 guy this year, to be honest. Um, I'm not going to call, I'm not going to put him on my sleeper list or anything like that. But if he was a top 10 guy, I'd be like, eh, cool, you know? Yep. And for a tight end to make a top 10 list, 
they need about 50 catches, 500 yards, and five or six touchdowns because a lot of them are just not going to get the work if they're not top-heavy and some guys get injured. Tyler Conklin, I think I said Krokoff earlier. That's an OG name, sorry. Yeah. My brain scrambled today. But Tyler Conklin is, an, is the third-string tight end last year, second-string tight end this year. Not huge numbers, but he had 26 of his own targets, 200 yards and a touchdown. And I remember the week that Kyle Rudolph was out, and it was like Cole Komet or um, – Irv Smith on fantasy waivers. It was like, play one of these. They had both, they were playing each other, I think. Great matchups, whatever. And uh, Tyler Conklin was the one that caught the touchdown for fantasy, you know? So, like, okay, all of those numbers go up. What if, what if you know, they just split Kyle Rudolph's work, right. you know, and Irv Smith gets 20 targets and, and, and Conklin gets, thir- you know, 15. Yes, the talent is there. Could he end up t- top 10? Sure. Anybody could end up top 10. Robert Tunyon. Had 59 targets last year, and he ended up, you know, number four because he had 11 touchdowns. I'm just – the numbers don't add up to me. I'm not going to go on strictly hype for my late-round tight ends. I want somebody that I can definitely bank on, and unfortunately, Irv Smith is not going to be that guy for me this year. Okay. All right. This has been an absolute blast, Andrew. Thank you for coming on, man. You and I have talked a long time about getting you on the podcast. We finally made it happen. I know you're a Packers fan at heart, which has been a lot of fun in this series because we get to take the fantasy hat off and put our fandom hat on as well. So it's been a lot of fun, man. I appreciate you jumping on. You do great work with the Kamish team as well. Of course, on YouTube, you can see you repping the Kamish hat, so I appreciate that. Please let everybody know where they can find your content, anything you do with Kamish or whatever, man. It's been a pleasure to have you on. Yeah, thanks. Uh, it's been a blast. Uh, if I get invited back, I'll certainly enjoy it. And if not, it's all right. <laughs> you will um, you will get invited back. All right. I right, appreciate that. <laughs> um, yeah, you can either find my stuff at thecommissbrand.com. Otherwise, on Twitter at Andrew Elmquist1. Uh, I will say I'm not unbelievably active on Twitter in terms of tweeting things, but I'll try to get better, especially during the season for sure. Well, I appreciate you coming on, man. It's been a blast to have you. I'm going to give another shout-out to, of course, our sponsors for today, Red Zone Draft Boards, Jersey Jungle, and our newest sponsor, Expand the Box Score. Four-day free trial, only 20 bucks for all the numbers that we use. Go dig it. Tell them TCK sent you to all three of those avenues. And again, extended uh, heads up and shout out to our family from across the country to our commission brand. Of course, we just had Kelly on recently. We've had you on now, Andrew. We had all the boys on over the last couple of years. Chris and I just did an episode on the commission side that are repurposed as well with just players with big names that don't have as big a value. So make sure you check out that episode as well on the commission side and I'll repurpose it for us as well. Andrew, it's been a blast, man. Thank you for coming on. Of course, TCK Potters, you can find me and all of my content with the TCK at Sky Guasco on Twitter, S-K-Y-G-U-A-S-C-O on Instagram, fantasy football underscore TCK pod. You can find all of our podcasts, 429 worth on the Believe Podcast Networks. Make sure you leave a rate and review. We really appreciate it. It boosts our algorithm, gets our name out there, but it also really helps us to get your feedback. If you're interested in one of the TCK listener leagues, get at me immediately. DM on Twitter or Instagram, or email us at tckpod at gmail.com and let us know that you want into the league. And we got three easy questions for you to make sure that you qualify. And, of course, you can subscribe to us on YouTube at the Candlestick Kids and listen anywhere on the podcast, of course, the Believe Podcast Network. This podcast and all Candlestick Kids podcasts have been brought to you by Bet Online, your online sports betting experts, betonline.ag. 
for those states that have it legal. Go bet online right now. For my man, Andrew Elmquist and the Commish Fantasy Football brand podcast and crew, I'm your host, Sky Guasco. 429 in the books. We'll catch you next time. We are out of here. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.